Good morning, Veritas. My name is Mark Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege here in 2020 uh, to bring the word. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about this message um, because this message is kind of one of those life sermons for me. One that uh, it's like, how long did it take you to prepare this sermon? I've been preparing this one my whole life. And so I'm excited about this. This is one, it's kind of become like an annual sermon. Every January, you're gonna hear something like this from me. And so uh, if, you, if you're not new and you've heard this sermon a lot, just, just nod along, add some amens, and uh, it's, it's gonna be autopilot for you. But, but hopefully um, you once again come back to just the good news, the simple good news of why we're here, the gospel. And we think about this question, what is the goal of the Christian life? I mean, what are we even doing here? Why are we here this morning? The goal is that we will become a people that are more like Jesus Christ. That when we leave this room, something will have happened in our souls and in our lives that we will leave more like Jesus Christ. We are called disciples, learning followers. We're we're apprentices of Jesus Christ. We follow him around and we do what he says. And as we, as we listen to him and obey him, we're transformed. And so here's the problem. The process of training ourselves to be like Jesus is kind of like training buffalo to ride, okay? I've heard it's been said that you can actually break a bison to uh, use it to pull a vehicle or to ride it even. Bison can be broken to ride. But here's the thing. It takes, it takes a long time to break a buffalo. And if it goes one day, one day without being ridden or driven, it's wild again. One day is all it takes for a buffalo to go from being broken to, to drive. And all of a sudden, if you go a day without driving it and try to come back two days later, it's wild again. It's forgotten everything. That's kind of like us, isn't it? All, are you guys like me? Like I can go one day without really pursuing Jesus and I come back two days later and I'm like a buffalo who's wild again. I don't know how to follow Jesus. I don't know what this, and I'm a pastor. It's my job, okay? I know that if it's hard for me, it's hard for you, and we're like this, okay? That's us. Humans are like bison. One day, it's all, it's all it takes to forget who we are and who we're called to be. So it's 2020, which means cue this sermon. It's time for us to master the restart. You've heard about this. We were going down to um, to try to recruit Jake and Marcy each and their family who, good to see you, Jake. Uh, and <clears throat> it's a little intimidating preaching to one of your favorite pastors to listen to. Jake's like one of my favorites. So uh, anyway, so Jake's here. Um, but anyway, we're going down to, to try to get Jake. We're down in Phoenix and we're meeting with uh, my buddy's uncle who uh, said these words. He said, the key to the Christian life is simple. And this guy's in his 60s. The key to the Christian life is simple. What is it? Master the restart. That's what it's all about. He said, I've been following Jesus for 50 years now. And everything that I've ever started doing, like trying to read my Bible, trying to pray, trying to follow. He goes, I ended up, I stopped doing it. Like I, I, whatever I started, I stopped doing and so all I had to do was get good at starting over again. 
I just had to learn how to master the restart. I'm like, that's what, that's what my life has looked like too. Like that buffalo that goes wild again. Like I just have to constantly retrain myself and just get good at starting over. So we need to be professional restarters. So we need to, there are three areas where we need to master the restart this morning. Number one, we need to restart grace. Number two, we need to restart our mission. And three, we need to restart our training. Number one, we need to restart grace. Here's the good news. If you want to know what God is like this morning, you're maybe new to church. Let me tell you what he's like. Lamentations 3, a book in the Old Testament says that the steadfast love of the Lord, steadfast means like it never gives up. It, it chases you. It's persevering love. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every day, new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Here's what God is like if you don't know him, if you never met him. God is the kind of God that has new mercy for you every single morning. That's great news about God, but here's the thing you have to know. You have to know how to receive the mercy. Because not everybody that rolled out of bed this morning received the saving grace of Jesus Christ, the mercies of God. Not everyone did. Only those who understand Galatians 2, how to receive the mercy or, or something like this. This is a little summary of what we call the gospel or the good news. Look at this verse, Galatians 2.16. Paul is explaining this to the church in Galatians. He says, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. We know this. A person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. He repeats that. Because by works of the law, no human being will be justified. Let me explain this because there's a lot of church words, justified and faith in Jesus Christ and works of the law. What do all those words mean? Well, here's what the word justified means. There's two ways to be justified. Justified means to be declared righteous. It's like a guilty, it's like somebody that goes to court. They say, say you're an innocent person and you get tried for something you didn't do. You're on trial for murder and you know you didn't do it. And you're acquitted by the jury, by the judge, the gavel goes down, boom, you're, you're not guilty. Like you didn't do this, you're righteous, you're good. That's the question of like, how do we get that before God? Because he's a holy God and how do we get that gavel to go down and say, Mark is not guilty. Like I'm standing before a holy God. How do I get to the point where I also am Righteous, right before God. That's the question that Paul's asking. How do you get that status of being good with God? Number one, he says, the first way you could do is try. You could try really hard to do it yourself. And this is what he calls the works of the law. There's the commands. You know the rules. Now get to work. Try really hard to do those works of the law. Well, that's one way. But what has Paul said? Paul says, it's not by works of the law. Trying is not going to work. Well, there's a second way to be righteous is to trust. It, he uses this word faith. Faith in this word means to transfer your trust 
to Jesus Christ, which begins with admitting that I am not righteous. I look at a holy God and I say, I'm not like him. The only possible way that I could be right with him is if he figures out a way to make me right. So I transfer trust to Jesus Christ. What Paul says, so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. So the people that woke up this morning and found the mercies of God are people who got up and sang a song like Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Oh, praise the one who raised this life up from the dead. That's how we are saved and that is great news. That is great news for us this morning. But let me illustrate this, okay? Um, on the screen, I want to show you a picture. This is me, okay? That's me. That's the real me that showed up this morning, okay? Now, here's the next part. This is me. This is who I ought to be, okay? This is who I ought to be. This is the mark that loves people. This is the mark that is patient. This is the mark that comes to complete stops at stop signs. This is the mark that doesn't binge on Netflix. And this is the discipline mark. This is the mark that goes to the gym all the time. His heart is in good shape. His, his mind is constantly just meditating on God's word and memorizing scripture. This is the mark that prays for all of you guys by name. This is the mark that, that I ought to be. That's the person I ought to be. Now, here's the problem. This is me. This is me. This is the one who, who gets in conflict with my wife because of my own selfishness. This is the Mark who may have forgotten to buy a Christmas present for his wife. I know, low, low. We don't, it's a thing. We don't do Christmas presents for each other. We have a lot of kids. It's, it's hard enough to get for them. So but that's me. Hey, even the me that's justifying that. Okay, that's me. Um, that's the thoughtful me. That's the one that has been planning for months for that Christmas present. Okay, do you see the problem here, church? You guys, there's me, but that's the me who ought to be. So here's my options. Like, you know what I'm gonna do this year, 2020. I've got some resolutions. This is all gonna change next year, right? I've got some atomic habits that I'm gonna do. Some of you guys have been reading that book. It's good, it's good. But I'm gonna incrementally get better. I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna be better. Guys, next year at this time, that's who I'm gonna be. Now some of you guys that are older are like, I've been doing that for years, right? I'm in my 60s and 70s and I'm like, that gap is even bigger than that one because I know I'm not the person I ought to be and I'm realizing more of my life regrets than ever and I not only have to think about the future but atoning for the past and what, this is a total mess. Here's, that, that's the problem, church. No amount of new habits and resolutions will get you here. There will always be more resolutions. This will always be a person that I am not the person I ought to be. And this is a problem. Here's the good news that Paul's saying in Galatians 2. Well, this was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. 
We're not going to New Year's resolutions our way to obeying the Ten Commandments perfectly. So trusting, not trying, is the way. And this is the next good news here. This is the gospel. And the next one, you can see this bridge here is the gospel transforms me and, and this is who I am. And we sang and we declared in that first song that I'm a new creation, that I might be a new creation born by grace and grace alone. That's what we call being born again. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. This is my new identity is that I am loved. I am accepted by God. And here's the thing. This is so good. This next picture, the last one is God loves this me. In the gospel, God loves this me. Like some of you that struggle with like self-condemnation and guilt and shame. Many of you in this room are achievers, perfectionists. You are the, you've got a ton of resolutions and you live with the like dissonance, the, the tension of you are never the person that you ought to be. And so you, you live with condemnation. But listen, God loves this Mark. God loves this me. Like in the gospel, God accepts and loves the me that I am, not the me that I ought to be, right? In the gospel, we are transformed. We get a new identity. And the mercies that were new this morning were the mercies that this me needed. The grace that this me needed, the one that falls short, the one that continues to fail. No amount of New Year's resolutions will be able to get me to this person, but only by grace and grace alone, not by works of the law. Trust yourself. This would be the worst advice someone could ever give you. Trust yourself. This is on you. You got to do it. Trust yourself. No. Trust Jesus Christ. Transfer your trust to him. This is the only way to be right with a holy God. Let me just stop right here in the sermon and just ask this question. Have you ever made the decision to transfer your trust to Jesus Christ. Because before you master the restart, you got to start. You know the saying, the journey of a thousand miles starts with what? One step. Like You just got to, before you take your hundredth step, you just got to take the first step. And some of you in this room, it is 2020. January 5th, 2020. What a perfect day to start a spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. If you are not sure that you've ever made this decision to transfer your trust to Jesus Christ, you've been going through your life and you've been falling short. And you're like, I know, tell me about it. It's been a rough holiday. This would be a great day to stop and put a stake in the ground and say, I am turning away from my sin and I'm gonna follow Jesus Christ. I'm gonna accept him, put my faith in him, transfer my trust to him.
We're going to do that right now. Okay. I'm going to pray and I'm going to give you an opportunity to start a spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. We don't do this very often. We should at least do this once a year, right? If you've never started a journey with Christ, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you quietly in your heart to pray along with me and accept Jesus Christ to transfer your trust to him. Let's pray right now. If you're not sure where you're at on this picture, if you've never stepped onto that cross, I invite you to pray with me. Just just simply pray this. God, I know that you created me to love you. But I have fallen short. I've turned away from you. I have sinned against you, a holy God. And this morning, I turn from my sin and I transfer my trust to Jesus Christ who died on the cross for me who was raised from the dead. I receive this gift. Thank you for loving me. And thank you that one day I get to spend eternity with you because of this gift of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, If you prayed with me and you can pray something like that in your own words, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell someone in this room what you did. I want you to tell somebody in this room. Tell them, say, remember when that guy up front led that prayer? Like I prayed with him. I prayed that prayer today. Tell somebody in this room. Tell them. And let me talk to the rest of you. If someone in this room has someone tell them, if someone comes to you and says, hey, I did that. Like I accepted Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. Ask them, can I baptize you? Ask them if you can baptize them. Wouldn't that be awesome? If we see uh, some people getting baptized, uh, accepted Jesus today here in 2020. Okay, Now, for those of you that in this room, many of you, most of you probably that that have done something like that in your life, have made a decision for Jesus. uh, Guys, we got to restart this every day. This is a restart that we need every day. This is the gospel and we need to preach it to ourselves every day. And Hebrews 12 says there's sin that easily entangles us. And we need to, turn away from our sin and embrace this good news again that, that my identity is not someone who's always falling short. My identity is someone who is loved by God. And now with this new identity comes a new purpose. 
now that I'm a new person, I'm headed in a direction, right? I know that I am loved, but I also know where I'm going. I know who I am. I've got a new identity. And so the second thing we need to restart this morning is we need to restart our mission. Restart your mission. For this, I'm going to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What we just talked about, the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse three, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please his commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Here's what Paul's saying. All of these people, a soldier, an athlete, a farmer, they've got a specific mission. They've got a specific purpose. A soldier's mission is to win the war. If a soldier stops listening to orders and abandons their post, they're going to lose the war. They're going to get kicked out of the army, right? An athlete's mission. An athlete's mission is to win the crown. If, if an athlete cheats, takes a shortcut, stops running, stops competing, they will lose the race. Finally, a farmer's mission is to grow crops. If a farmer forgets to plant in the spring or gets lazy in harvest and doesn't harvest the crops then we starve, right? All of these people have a specific purpose. Paul's saying, we are soldiers for Christ. We have a commanding officer. And one of the ways that we need to train this wild buffalo is to wake up every morning and say, your will be done, your kingdom. I am a soldier Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. He even has a name, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, right? We wake up and we say, I, I'm a soldier in God's army. And he says, athletes for Christ. We are like athletes. We compete for a crown, but not a crown that will, will perish and fade and rust and corrode. No, we are, we are running a race toward heaven. We are looking for a city with foundations, We're not going after worldly riches. We're not competing according to the world's rules. We are not climbing corporate ladders and pursuing what's ours. No, we are going for a crown that will never fade. We are farmers for Christ. We have a purpose to bear fruit. We are farmers and what we're cultivating, what we're trying to grow is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the fruits of the spirit. What we as farmers are trying to do is go out into the lost world and, and help lost people find Jesus Christ. The fruit that we are supposed to bear investing in people. Let me just ask you this question as you look at your life and then you look at who you're called to be as a soldier, as an athlete, as a farmer, where, in what area of your life have you lost your purpose? 
In what area of your life do you look at yourself and where God is calling you to be? And maybe you're just kind of wandering around this morning. You, and this morning, you need to restart your mission. You need to restart what your life needs to be about. Maybe you're a mom or a dad who's kind of lost on social media. This is an important season of your life to be dialed in as a parent and you're distracted by your phone. You're distracted by social media. Maybe social media has you coveting what other people have and maybe it's the American dream. Like you've just been going after wealth, that job promotion, status, Maybe some of you have lost your mission because, and, and this is kind of a deceptive one because it feels like your mission. But all of your like consumption of 24-hour news cycles and constant talk radio and podcasts and CNN and Fox News has made you kind of a grumpy, angry person. If that's true of you, it's possible that you have lost your mission. If what you're consuming has made you a more angry person, maybe you need to recalibrate and refocus. Maybe you're someone who's been partying. You've been hanging out with people. You've been drinking too much. You've been partying. And you've lost your mission. You've lost where you're headed. Today is the perfect day to restart your mission. I think this might almost be a harder one than the first one to restart. Restarting on grace is awesome. But admitting that you are like headed the wrong direction, sometimes those lifestyle changes are so hard to make. I don't know what that will mean for you, but I know for me, Africa and my whole experience there has me kind of rethinking, what is my life about? Have I lost my mission? Do I, do I know what I'm supposed to be about in this life? Because I was talking to one of my neighbors and kind of telling him the story. He's like, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, he's like, one time when I was younger, I, I helped out with some clean water stuff. And I was like, that's great. I said, one thing about me is I know I'm going to stand before God and he's going to say, hey, Mark, tell me what you did with all the stuff I gave you. What did I do with it? That, that has me thinking. Finally, this morning, we need to restart our training. We need to restart our training. I want you to see this from 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. Paul says here, have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths getting distracted with things that don't matter. Rather, here's what you do as a Christian. Rather, you train yourself in godliness. You train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit. There's some value in training your physical body. That's good. But godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. 
For this reason, we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God as a savior of all people, especially of those who believe. This is a fascinating passage because Paul two times uses this word, train yourself. If you've lost your mission, what you need to do is restart with grace, restart with your mission, and now you begin training. And this word, gymnasio, where we get our word, gym, he's literally saying, like, gymnase yourselves. Gymnase your soul. Exercise your soul. And it's like a present active word, like, be continually training your soul. Why? For the purpose of godliness. And even uses these words, for this reason, we labor and strive. In Greek life, the gym was a big deal. There were training facilities for public games and every city took pride in the way they competed in these. And so they would go and like, like even like using oil to lather up these athletes was like a big part of, of their, um, economy, you know, this is like a big deal. Just like we spend money on our, our stadiums and our football and our sports, like, like these gyms were, were important. So he's saying to us as Christians, like, you need to gymnase your soul because godliness doesn't just happen. You don't just roll out of bed and all of a sudden you're patient and you're prayerful. And you have all this scripture memorized and you know how to follow Jesus. Like that doesn't just happen. Paul, what Paul's describing here is striving, effort, labor. And there's a saying, you hear this a lot here at Veritas. The Christian life, grace, this fact that I'm loved, grace is not anti-effort. It's anti-earning. Grace is not anti-New Year's resolutions. Grace is anti-New Year's resolutions, thinking that that's the way I will get God to be happy with me. That's what grace is opposed to, but it's not opposed to the effort, the striving. The point of this diagram is not you're loved, so don't even bother with resolutions. Eat, drink, binge, because you are loved by God. That is not the application of the gospel. Paul says the application is this training. Gymnase yourselves for the purpose of godliness because, and he starts, he says the body, the training of the body has limited value. There, there's some benefit in this. So if you're not exercising your body, if you're not active, if you're not sleeping, if you're staying up all night, If you're not eating well, this kind of a lifestyle does not honor God. That's not the person that you're called to be. For me, I was a couple years ago, I was just having neck pain all the time. I was feeling weak. I was feeling lazy, feeling lethargic. And so it was two years ago that I'm like, you know what? I need to master the restart with my body, just physically. 
I need to whip this thing into shape. So I felt weak. So you know what? I'm like, I'm not the kind of person who can just carve out whatever, six hours a week to go to the gym. I have like two times a week that I go to the gym. I play basketball. I'm just saying, I'm going to like bundle this little workout with my going to the gym. So every like time I play basketball afterwards, I do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, some pull-ups. That's, that's all I do. That's my workout. It's my BTN workout, my better than nothing workout. And it never fails that every single time I work out, I'm out there doing push-ups after ball and there's dudes, you know, in the stands. They're all sitting there, you know, taking off their shoes and, and just headed to the shower and they're all making fun of me. They're like, those aren't real push-ups. You're not going all the way up. And I'm like, listen, dude, my method of doing push-ups is better than your method of not doing push-ups. So stop talking to me about my push-ups because I don't care, right? And I did that last two years. And then I got some dudes doing it with me. Like Shane, dude, you got to jump in. You got to get down here. You're doing push-ups with me. And so it was like a few of us that had been doing this. This other guy, Shane, was kind of struggling. Like he's kind of gotten in shape. And it's been fun. We've been doing this together. Now you wouldn't think based on the way that I look, that I've been doing that workout. Because you're like, dude, has Brian been working you out? Have you been powerlifting, Mark? No, I know. This body is just, believe it or not, a couple times a week, you could get this. Right? Uh, my shirt kind of covers it up well. All right. I've been reading this book, Atomic Habits. It's been good, helpful. Um, it's a self-help book. It's, it's not a Christian book, but it's been great um, for me. But, but one of the things that I, I just, it always, and, and I don't expect unbelievers to write Christian things, but, but all the self-help books, they, they treat the body like it's just a machine, but it's not. Because what Paul says here is, yeah, there's some value in that, training your body. But godliness you are not just a body, you are a soul. You are an eternal being. You are going to live forever. And that's why you need to exercise your soul for the purpose of becoming more like godliness, godliness, godlikeness, like Jesus Christ. This is where the training has eternal value. And so your soul is just like your body. It's like a muscle. It needs to be trained. It needs to go to the gym. It needs habits. And there are certain things in your life that once you do them for a long time, you can't stand to not do them, like brushing your teeth. And that's what you want to do or find habits like that for your soul. So I think that reading the Bible is the brushing the teeth of the soul. You just got to do it. Are you a terrible human being if you don't brush your teeth? No. But are you kind of nasty? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like what it is being a Christian who never reads your Bible. Right? It's like, dang. Something stinks or something's like, you got some stuff just on you. You need to start reading the Bible. Okay, here, let me just tell you this. Uh, today's a great day to master you start with your Bible. I hope that Veritas, by the time that I die, if there's one thing that I could do as a pastor, it would be to teach you, not something amazing from the word, but just teach you how to be self-fed, 
to learn how to eat spiritually, to learn how to come every day to the word of God and let him feed you with his word. That would be my dream as a pastor, that if every person in this knew how to get life from this book, there is life here. Today is a great day to master the restart. I have to do this all the time. I want to share one thing that we're doing as a family or some of us are doing. Uh, it's called the Bible Project. We um, just started this year. I've heard people have done this. Many of you guys have done it. Um, every year I pick a new reading plan. This year it's a Bible Project. Let me show you. Here's how you get it. You just go and first got to get the Bible on your phone. If you don't have this Bible app on your phone, you got to do it. Look, you just type in Bible app. This is what comes up. Weather channel. I don't know why. I just, that's what I, that's what you get, okay? Uh, an ad for the weather before the Bible, but you click open. The next thing you get, okay, next screen. You're going to download the Bible app. This is what it's going to look like, okay? Down here at the bottom, you click this. It just says plans. You click on the plans. The next one, this is what's going to come up. You're going to type in plans. You're going to type in the Bible project. And you're going to get all kinds of options, right? You're going to be able to do the Bible project in six days, 90 days, 100 days. We're doing the Bible project. This is a Bible in a year. Now, I suggest if you're new to this, don't click that one. Scroll down and there's a one-year New Testament. You can read through the New Testament. It's very short. It comes in smaller bits. Okay, so next one. Then you open it up. This is what it looks like every day. Okay, we're on January 5th. Boom, I click on that. There's a devotional. This is amazing. It, it's like a story picture of what you're reading. It explains in a picture what that book is about. It's awesome. Then you, you do your readings. Now, one of the things you can do if you're in the car, you can click that and look, you can just click play. Okay, there's a, you'll get a little play button. Just click play. You can, you can determine the speed. You can, you can listen to it at one and a half times or two times or whatever. You can listen to it on your way into work. Now, this is what I did for the last couple of years. I'm trying to get away from the electronic Bible and back into the paper. That's just me personally. I felt like I was not getting as much out of it. So, so I read through those, click on it, and then at the bottom, talk it over. Now, you can go to the next one, talk it over. Okay, well, that was the, that's a picture of the, um, the, the videos. Now, the next one, you click on it. Okay, that's, that's what it, yeah, this is where you can click play. Look, I just play, boom. I've got Genesis 16, it's gonna play it for me. Next one. And then we do a, this is the, uh, the devotional that you just write something based on what you read. See, my dad's in it. Uh, and then some of our kids are at the top and we kind of have this, this thing and I get a little notification. Oh, dude, this, this kid read their Bible this morning and, uh, and my dad chimes in and, you can talk about it and what you read. So that's a cool thing that you can do together with some other people. And they can guilt you and shame you if you haven't been. Hey, like, where have you been the last week? Time for you to master the restart. Now look, we've got 700 accountability partners. That's great. Okay, next one. And maybe that's the last one. All right. So... This is one way to master the restart this morning, train your soul. How many other ways can you train yourself spiritually for godliness? Well, as many ways as you can think. Anything that has the end goal of becoming more like Jesus Christ is a great training opportunity. Here's 
one thing that I found with my soul. There's something about me that I don't like. There's a lot of things that I'm grieved about by the me on this side of the screen, the me that is here this morning, standing before you. This me, one way that I'm not a whole lot like Jesus is that love is patient. I'm not a very patient person. You know what I am? I'm sick. I've got this chronic sickness. Some of you guys have it too. It's called hurry sickness. I am, si- I am in a hurry. Why am I in a hurry? I'm breaking the law. I'm speeding. I'm not stopping at stop signs. Why? Why am I hurried? I don't know. I just have somewhere to be and I matter. Like I'm a very important person. So I'm in a hurry to get where I'm going to be. The irony of this is I'm always late, but I'm always running late. And so uh, I'm always in a hurry late. And so this is one thing that, that bothers me about my soul. And you can catch a lot of bad things in Africa. Well, I caught the cure for something. I caught the cure for hurry sickness. Yeah. People in Africa walk everywhere. I saw this woman and my sickness was just almost cured. You see this all the time in Africa. Here's a woman. We are on this long stretch of road. I don't know where one house is and where the next one is, but it seems like miles away and just this little dirt road. And here's this woman on the side of the road, just carrying sticks, branches. Those aren't sticks. Those, that's like a tree. She's carrying a tree. And she's just walking. Where did she come from and where did she go? I, I have no idea. And I'm like looking that way and looking that way and there's just a long road and she's just walking. And all of a sudden, everywhere that I had to be was not that important. I just have this image of my mind of this woman as like, she's not in a hurry. She's just living her life, carrying sticks. And I think about my life. Here's my training plan. It's to obey the speed limit. My goal is not to obey the speed limit. My goal is to become a more patient person. But I think that if I can learn how to obey the speed limit, that training myself in that area may carry over into other areas of my life. If I can be patient with that person who I don't know that's in a separate metal box that cuts me off, right? Then I might be patient with another person in my life that I do love. And the people that may frustrate me. Well, that's for me. What is it for you? Church today is the perfect day to master the restart, to restart with grace. His mercies are new this morning. If you, like me, have fallen short of the glory of God, you're in the right place. The good news of Jesus Christ saves us. God loves us for who we are, not for who we should be. God loves the you that showed up this morning. And he's gonna give you a new identity with a new purpose. You're headed a new direction. This is not your home. You have an eternal home and you're on a journey to that place. And as you're going there, you need to gymnase your soul for the purpose of becoming more like Jesus. Let's pray together. God, I, my prayer for us this morning is that we will leave a joyful people knowing that we, every single morning that we wake up, we have a God who meets us with love and hope and joy 
Work with us, God. Have mercy on us and make us more like Jesus, we pray.